What's up, people? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. I'm your host, Chris Rausch. In this episode, I interview Zach Hochberg, who is actually the founder of his own marketing company that he's running while he's a student. He's also a journalism major. We're going to talk about his marketing company and his work for student media. This show is produced by Grace McGuire, who is also a student here at the school. Thanks for listening. Zach, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So how did you start Hochberg Marketing? Um, it started uh, my sort of the summer after my freshman year here. I had an internship um, the spring semester of my freshman year. Uh, doing social media and then off of that internship I had basically a bunch of referrals from people who worked inside that company to do social media for either friends that they had or people they had worked with previously Uh, so I did a bunch of freelancing that summer I think I had like probably seven or eight different clients so it was a lot of work um, pretty much every week just going traveling doing social media Um, and then I just realized I couldn't do it all myself at that point and that's when I hired like my first team member. And what kind of companies are you doing social media for? Uh, it's kind of all over the place. We work with uh, gyms, restaurants, e-commerce brands, clothing brands, um, hair salons, nail salons, chiropractors. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. And these are are these all in the same geographic region, or is this all over the place? No, they're all over the place. Um, I'd say most are either in California. Florida, and then we have a bunch in the Northeast, so Boston, Connecticut. And how many employees do you have now? Uh, We have, not counting myself, there's eight full-time and three part-time. Wow. And how many total clients? Uh, 43. And is this what you want to do after graduation? Uh, I'm not sure. I obviously, (laughs) I I still like writing about sports, and I still love uh, journalism, so I'm not sure. Okay. But my understanding is this is helping pay for your college education. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and in your apartment off campus. Yes, yeah, for so sure. So it's it's kind of a nice. Yeah, it's it's a nice gig for <laughs> sure. And and how many hours do you spend on this a week? Uh, when I first started, it was a lot. I was probably working like eighty to hundred hours a week, just trying to get everything settled. But now it's it's much more tame. It's probably you know thirty to forty like a regular full-time job I'm not doing sort of day-to-day stuff I usually just sit in a lot of meetings every day okay. which is not that bad and the, and the people that you hire how do you train them or are they yeah I mean it depends um, a lot of like my first hires um, were people who had a lot of experience doing social media work or yeah. whatever field they were being hired in whether it was finance or something like their HR yeah um, so yes and no it just kind of depends but I definitely want to bring in some interns especially from here that okay. can kind of help out maybe when you graduate you can sell it yeah <laughs> and 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 make a lot of money and yeah. just and just like retire to the bahamas yeah i mean i'm not i think <laughs> i think the beauty of doing this is like it's not um i know a lot of entrepreneurs start out making business that they have like huge plans to sell yeah um especially like these tech companies that are like oh like we have a huge valuation so i'm going to sell um this is something like i truly enjoy doing so i'm not sure if there's a path to sell yeah here um but I mean, maybe if you know, I take lesser of a role or something like that. I mean, you don't have an, an a physical office. No, it's just it's yeah. all remote. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, what you could sell is the clients and, mm-hmm. the, and yeah. the the expertise. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
All right. So in addition to this, you also run the Celtics fan page. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and you started that when you were in high school. Yeah. Um, that started out when I was. Um, I had a complete like Boston sports page when I was in middle school. Um, my uncle uh, worked for Bloomberg at the time, and I just wanted to be a sports reporter, um, like him. So that was like the best way um, I could do that. Um, and I just realized I really enjoyed covering the Celtics and not every single Boston sports team. So I started that page. Um, when I was like 15, and now I have like I think 39,000 followers on Instagram and another couple thousand on Twitter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and just in the interest of fair disclosure, Zach's uncle and I work together at Bloomberg News. Yeah. And and know each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually how Zach and I got connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think um, I think we first met like probably one of my first weeks here at Quinnipiac. I came in, and I think this year I also came in and talked to you. Yeah, um, on our first week. Yeah. Well, I think I think your uncle emailed me and said, "Yeah, my my sister and her son are coming to visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you show them around?" Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, since we're talking about that, Zach, I mean, what attracted you to Quinnipiac? What was the interest? Um, well, originally, I Quinnipiac was just a stop that I took <laughs> on my way back from Hofstra, which was my number one school at the time, and then I visited here, and I really liked the campus. And I think the campus really set itself apart from a lot of the other campuses visually that I was seeing. Um, and also, especially the School of Communications, just the way it looked, it was probably top one or two of all the other schools. Um, and then the programs that everyone had here and just what people had to say about the school set itself apart. And you knew at that time you wanted to do sports journalism? Yeah, I think it's really funny when people talk about, like, oh, I have no idea what I want to do with my major or like I don't know what major to choose I've, that has never been a problem with me I knew I wanted to cover sports since I was like 14 yeah yeah I was I was very similar yeah um yeah and and I only applied to one school <laughs> and went to one school so yeah. um but yeah um what what are you doing now for for student media oh god um yeah you're, you're very involved <laughs> yeah um so I guess I can call myself a staff writer for the Quinnipiac Chronicle, which is awesome. I just kind of go to all the sports games. You know, you sit there, live tweet while the game's going on, let everyone know what's going on, um, head to the press conference after, and then uh, you write up an article that gets on the newspaper's website. Um, depending on how big the game is, sometimes it'll get printed. You're the, the men's hockey beat reporter? Yeah. Well, for that's for uh, Q30. So Q30 okay. has uh, – the way Chronicle works is you have, like, you go to the meeting, I think it's every yeah every Tuesday night, and they just kind of ask who wants to go to the games, and whoever puts their hand up first gets to go. Um, but for Q30, you have to apply, and you interview, and then they assign usually a group of like four or five students to do um, beat reporting, so they're responsible for going to every single home game. And so I did that for men's soccer in the fall, and then I just joined hockey uh, this winter. Okay. Are you doing anything with QBSN? Yeah, I mean, I've called a couple of games, and I've done some social media stuff for them too. Okay. So, Zach, my big question is this. You're doing all this student media. Mm-hmm. You're doing the Celtics fan page. You, do, you have your own company. Mm-hmm. And you're taking classes. Yeah. How? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess for at least um, my marketing, I have a great team that I rely on to do a large majority of like the tough stuff. Okay. Um, do they know you're just a college kid? Yeah. I okay. think it was a little bit of a shock <laughs> um, for a lot of people that when I first started interviewing, they like hopped on the interview call and there was like a... 19 year old kid just sitting there and I wasn't like a full grown adult um, but yeah I mean they're very supportive in their understanding of like oh I have class I can't really get to this meeting or something like that okay but but you're, you're able to balance everything yeah yeah I think 
when I was in high school, I really struggled with time management and especially like turning my work in. Um, but I guess like just starting that company and then having all the stuff to do has really forced me to become good at time management, um, which has been awesome. Let's talk a little bit about post-graduation. I mm-hmm. hope you're thinking about what you're going to do after graduation. Yeah. What do you want to do? Um, I'm not sure. There's a part of me that wants to just get a bachelor's and just, you know, start working. But there's also a part of me that's like, oh, I really like it here. Maybe a master's or something like that. Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, it's kind of like 50-50 for me. Okay. But I haven't decided yet. But if you if you went out into the real world, it would be sports journalism? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably will never stop covering sports. Um, it's just something that's my biggest passion. It's been my biggest passion for um, as long as I've had a phone. Okay. Um, so, yeah, definitely still sports journalism. Okay. Um, and obviously all the Boston sports teams. Yeah. Okay. Mostly that, the Celtics, though. Mostly Celtics. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me a rundown of – if I went to the Celtics fan page this morning, what would I see about last night's debacle against the Knicks? Um, well, usually after losses, the comment section is a mess, and I try not to engage in it, but I'm not always the best at doing that. Um, but yeah, usually the comment section is the one place I tell people not to look at um, because it's usually a bunch of people who are extremely upset about what happened. Um, always the, the losses always get more engagement than the wins, which is funny. Um, the wins, the posts always get more likes, but not as many comments. And the losses don't get as many likes, but way more comments because people are always upset and they have things to say. Um, but yeah, so usually after every game, you can go look. There's usually a final score graphic up, and then there's a couple of highlights from the game and stuff like that. Okay. Favorite all-time Celtic? Oh. I think I have to say Jason Tatum now. Um, it used to be Paul Pierce, and then it was Isaiah Thomas. And I think now it has to be Jason Tatum just because he's been here for so long. Okay. He's been there five years, I know, dude. but for me, that's that's <laughs> like, for me, it was like, I started, I didn't start watching Celtics until I was like 15. So okay. that's been like my entire Celtics fandom besides like the two years that Isaiah Thomas was there. Okay. Okay. See, I'm, I'm old enough to say Bill Russell. Oh, yeah. Because... There, nobody won more championships, mm-hmm. and and frankly, I th- I think Bill Russell is underappreciated. When you see the all-time greatest NBA lists, mm-hmm. he is not in the top five. Yeah, and that bugs the crap out of me. Yeah, and it bugs the crap out of me because he won eleven championships in thirteen years. Yeah, and two as a player coach. I I like can't engage with like the all-time greats conversations because I just never watched him play like I can watch the highlights and I can like kind of make assumptions but like I'll never be like completely confident on like the MJ LeBron debates or like stuff like that because like I can debate who's the best player right now all day because I see every each one of them play like every day but I just can't like engage on the debates about people who were playing in like the 80s and 90s when I wasn't alive okay so it's like like I know MJ was one of the greatest, but I don't know where I should rank him yeah. in terms of like yeah. stuff like that. Kobe, yeah. like stuff like that. Yeah. See, I mean, I don't, I don't actually remember actually being old enough to watch Bill Russell, other than seeing the highlights, but mm-hmm. then looking at his record. I was one of those kids who read the basketball encyclopedia as a kid growing up and just going year by year by year. Yeah. Um, so what I remember about the Celtics was 
in the 70s. So John Havlicek, Jojo White, Dave Cowens. I remember those those two titles uh, in the 70s. I remember the 76 finals against the against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, those, those are the ones that I I can actually remember watching. I know I, I know I watched the 2008 finals, um, but I've like I was six. I have like no recollection of it happening <laughs> at all. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Hopefully this year I'll get the one where I can actually remember it. Yeah. Uh, so basketball is your favorite sport. Yeah. If you had to pick a number two, what would be the number two? Um, in terms of playing, I really like playing soccer. Okay. Um, but in terms of watching, um, I'll say football. Okay. Um, I just think college or NFL. I I think at times college football can be more entertaining, but you kind of know who's going to win every game before it even plays out. Especially like even the national championship this year for college football, I think it was yeah. like sixty-three to seven or something like that. I so turned it off in the second yeah, quarter. Yeah. The the competition level between even like the top three teams and the rest of the country doesn't make it as fun to watch. Um, so I'll say NFL. Okay. And is it the Patriots? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have some hot takes about this season, but I'll <laughs> leave it. <laughs> I do too. Um, and, and if you're ever interested, uh, my youngest son, who's now 26, mm-hmm. the, the 28-3 Super Bowl, there's a video of him on YouTube wearing his lucky red Edelman jersey mm-hmm. when the winning touchdown was scored. Uh, if you're interested in, in seeing a, a Patriots fan just, just cry yeah. and bawl his heart out, <laughs> I'll send that to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that was a lot of people's reactions to that game. Yeah. All right, Zach, we, we're going to end the show with a, with a new tradition. I'm going to tell you something that few people know about me, and I, I want you to tell me something about you that few people know. Okay? So I'm going to start. 1975. I'm living in Tifton, Georgia. Okay? Do you even know where Tifton, Georgia is? No. Exactly. Okay. I became a Boston Red Sox fan in 1975 and then by extension became a Boston sports fan. Even though I had never been to Boston and never lived in Boston and here's why. 75 World Series, Cincinnati Reds versus the Boston Red Sox. Okay? My mother is a big Pete Rose fan. So she's rooting for the Cincinnati Reds. And I hated Pete Rose. I thought Pete Rose was was fake energy, the whole running to first base after the walks, the diving head first, you know, slides when you didn't really mm-hmm. need to. So I decided I was gonna become a, a Red Sox fan then. I'm I'm ten years old, living in South Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I became a Boston Red Sox fan. Cool. And by extension, other Boston sports teams. See, I don't have, like, since I'm from Boston, I don't get to have, like, that cool story where it's like, oh, this is how I became a fan of teams. Like, oh, I just grew up here. And well, give me like, something else. Um, I've been to Disney World, like, 18 or 19 times. Wow. And it was just because when – and it, I haven't been to Disney World in, like, multiple years, and I've only been, like, one since I was 10, and it's all because um, my mom and dad both used to work for PwC, and they used to have meetings at Disney World all the time. So when I was, like, three or four, I would just go along with them. And so I just got to go to Disney like all the time. And that's like the best thing you can do as a kid. Yeah. Oh, 18 or 19 times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but not since you were like 10? Yeah. So I go, I like can't remember most of the times I've ever been. But I just know my mom is like, yeah, you've been to Disney World like a million times. And, you know, these are all these pictures we have of you. And it's like, oh, I can't remember it. Wow. All right. All right, Zach, thanks for joining us on Uncommon Grounds. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
That was my interview with Zach Hochberg, who is actually the founder of Hochberg Marketing, his own social media company. He's also a journalism major. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by me, Chris Rausch. I'm the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show is produced by Grace McGuire, who is also a student here at the School of Communications. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QU Podcast. Do you have a story to share? Something you want us to talk about? Find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, I interviewed Jennifer Moglia, who is involved in so many things here, I can't even list them all. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening.